great future. We're talking real money. The time has come, the walrus said, to speak of many things, of stocks and bonds and commodities, of ETFs and things. So that's exactly what we'll do on today's exciting show, because here on Talking Real Money, we help you manage your dough. And I just made that up. Wow, you are really on today, I man. I truly just made that up. Woo. I did my, okay, I borrowed from well, Lewis Carroll at the beginning. Yeah, that's but but to expand on that the way you did, that is I, truly award winning. No notes. Look at that. I don't like usual. You got bringing nothing to the table. Well you done, know, that's sir. That's pretty much me. I just when I start the show, I just go. Just and I let, got let's go. nine pages of notes yeah, you do. ready to go. I have nothing. <laughs> Good for you. Good that's for what you. I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do when we interview Wigglesworth tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. See if I we know, get many wiggle we got- room or not. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to let you know, t- tomorrow's podcast slash video cast, if Big all goes promotion. according to plan, boop, we are boop, going boop. to interview. We don't interview very many people. We're going to interview Robin Wigglesworth, the author of one of our favorite financial books. We both love this book, Trillions. Yeah. I've talked to a number of people who have read it. My boss has not read it, so I'm going to pick on him now. I was like, dude, we're, what? He goes, I He's don't read the a lot CEO of, of a financial books. services firm. I know. He said, I don't read a lot of financial books. I go, okay, I wouldn't A, share that with people, or B, this book is about the business you're in, about index funds. I don't know, yeah. boring. I go, this book is not boring. This book no. is very gossipy. No. It's fun. It's <laughs> it's not about the numbers. I think it is. It's kind of juicy. Uh, There's some stuff in there uh, about Kelly. Bogle you didn't know. There's some stuff yeah. in there about yeah. the beginnings yeah. of Dimensional you didn't yeah. know, about yeah. Larry Fink at all. There's some pretty juicy stuff. There so are fun. several things that I learned that were yeah. fascinating, mm-hmm. so Anyways. can't wait to do that. But anyway, today we're going to talk about one of our favorite oh, topics, yeah. our favorite topics, mm. because we're trying so hard to stop you from buying these things. They're called annuities. And you know, I'm getting to the point now where I just despise them in any form at all, because every time I examine them more closely, I dislike them even more. But there's a financial planner out there who, by the way, I read his blog. I read a lot of his blog posts. They're very, very good. Who um, actually got taken in by them when he was a young man. Very Um, young. Very. I mean, this is tragic when you read people that buy these products in their 20s. Can you imagine what this has cost him? You're talking about David John Moroda, I believe. Moroda. Moroda Capital or something. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, I love I love his bio. I played I played for the State Department chess team at age eleven. I, I have no idea what that means, but that that's I, good. It means he's that's a good. geek. I by the way, I can safely say that at age eleven, I played in an international soccer friendly. How about that? There you go. I don't even know what a friendly is. Well, that's just where one country plays another. There's nothing on the line. You just play because you play. I went up to Canada. I played against the Canadians when I was at eleven. Yeah, I went at 11. international soccer friendly at age 11. How about that? 11. Not, by the way, I'm not one of a bazillion kids who didn't do that from Seattle, but 
I, and he I didn't. didn't. I didn't play any sports by 11. I had pretty much washed out in everything I tried. <laughs> I'm glad you finally found something you're good at. Yeah, yeah. Rewriting walrus poems. <laughs> ah, the, uh, the, the title of the article, uh, which I love, Purchasing an Annuity, was my 42-year financial mistake. Wow, 42 years. Which makes him to be like my age, 63, so he's yeah. really old. Uh, he, at 22, he says he was sold an annuity. It was sold, I love this, on the basis that it, that that if I changed my withholding and saved the difference, it wouldn't cost me anything in my take-home pay. In other words, it just costs you nothing. You're just saving for the future. Mm-hmm. So it sounds great, mm-hmm. right? He, wasn't even in, he didn't even care about the income, the safety, protection, risk reduction, all the things that annuities promise. Uh, at the time, he was making about eighteen five. <laughs> at eight, I love this. At age 59 and a half, it was worth $7,652. With a surrender charge of seven thousand six hundred fifty-two. <laughs> Wait a minute! How I mean, many years on. later? Fifty-nine and a half. I think that's like. Oh, this was the one that was the perpetual yeah, surrender charge. Exactly, perpetual surrender. You gotta love those insurance people. They're really working hard there. It was worth seven thousand six hundred fifty-two dollars with a surrender charge of seven thousand six hundred fifty-two. Couldn't withdraw the money without losing it. Uh, you hear that but he could have it. In the background. <laughs> I am in a hermetically sealed cavern. Do you hear it? It's a leaf blower. No, there's no leaf blowers. To no, it, it's at my house now. Oh, I was going to say. I am sealed away. <laughs> That's say. how loud these My neighbors finally are. pulled out of the name. There's no more, there's no more uh, leaf blowers. Uh, but he could have, by the way, annuitized it for five years and begin receiving a payout of $140.19 a month for five years. Anyway, the point is, as an investment- Really? This, I mean, it's great that you're saving at 21. This was absolutely horrible. So he wrote the piece. We didn't write this piece. I think if you type in online, purchasing an annuity was my 42-year financial mistake. You can read it. I don't think there's any yeah. uh, purchase. No, he's, and he's go. got some great stuff on his, on his uh, website. So I thought we would just go ahead and type into the Google, why buy an annuity? The Google. The Google. The Google. Why not? Gosh, you are such a Luddite. <laughs> and by the way, I just got <sighs> fun with a a couple of uh, fine gentlemen who said, Don gives you a bad time for being so challenged technology. I don't think that's fair. And I said, no, here we are on the internet. We're doing a Zoom meeting and it's all working. So he yeah, but get he off still calls case. it, go in and try typing in the Google. <laughs> the Google, the Google machine. By the way, so if you type in why buy an annuity, you know how many results you get? 12,200,000 results. Really? See. And then you can go to some of these wonderful insurance websites, annuity.org. Oh, that's a tricky one because it makes it sound like these are like independent people. Mm-hmm. Not no. so much. Uh, they say there's really the real reasons to buy an annuity, safety, long-term growth, hmm, and mm. income, uh, and insurance against outliving your retirement savings. Okay, let's t- take those on the face value, right? Safety. All right. Sure, first. let's do that. Go safety, ahead. Safety, safety. Uh, as you know, the insurance company takes your money and invests it in whatever they want to invest it in, correct? Right. And it's as safe as that insurance company is. Yeah, that's one of my beefs with them. They say that it's guaranteed, but it's really guaranteed by the insurance company. Now, in some cases, there is a, a sizable state insurance pool behind them, but not in all cases. In many cases, these insurance pools could run dry with one big company going broke. I do not trust them 
anywhere, not even in the same conversation as owning U.S. government bonds, nor no. do I think you should. A long-term growth. Now, I think that's so misleading for most of these annuity, for most annuity products, right? I mean, you, I guess you could buy a variable annuity and put it in a couple of mutual funds, but even there, your long-term growth prospects are going to be worn down by the costs of the, the annuity, which are going to be somewhere around 3%. High expense mutual funds, M and E charges, all the stuff that's already packed in there that's going to reduce, and not even getting into the surrender charges, that's going to reduce your return. So I don't like that. Well, for example, let's say your expectation, you're thinking, eh, I'm not going to have high expectations for the stock market. I'm not going to go with a historical nine or ten percent or even twelve that Dave Ramsey claims it's done. Magic Dave. Magic Dave. Uh, and you're saying eight. You're saying to me. Eight, eight. I, th I think my portfolio can make 8% per year. You take out that average expense across the, the, the entire product expense of about 3%, and now you're down around 5 You're down around a, a, you know, a, 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 a junk bond rate of return. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's – and then the aspect of the trade-offs. I mean, for me, it's a series of trade-offs, right? You can – pay a lot to own an annuity, right? And lose access to your money because once you've given it to somebody else, it really truly is theirs. And you can see by by our, our guest commentator's uh, point that uh, even after 40 years, he has to surrender. That's still amazing. Or you could pay a lot less and have access all the time, either doing it yourself or hiring a financial advisor. Because even if money you give to a financial advisor is going to be far less than three. If you're paying three, that's outrageous. Well, and no, 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 money. wait. As we said on a previous podcast, crazy. there are f investment advisors who start at about three just for their services and then add on the expenses of the funds that they use on top of that. So with some advisors, you could be in the four range. Oh, that is truly disgusting. The other trade-off, someone, you give the money to someone, they're doing it all for you. They take. They got your money. They'll pay you one hundred and forty dollars a month. What well, you don't have to worry anymore. Can I? You know, and that's the one that we occasionally argue is the only one. And a lot of people will argue is that's the one case you can make for annuities. That immediate annuity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I decided to just check into what an immediate annuity could do for me. Now, I would never do an immediate annuity that was just my single life expectancy because what if my wife lives longer than I do? Suddenly she has no income coming in. So I actually went online to one of the bigger sites. It is uh, It was an immediate annuity quote site that they, they handle a lot of different annuities. I put in my age and my wife's age, and I put in joint life. Joint life, put a million dollars in it. A million dollars at my age, starting to take payments immediately at our joint ages, would generate for us just under $4,100 a month. Let's just say roughly 50,000. So 50, 49,000. Yeah, okay. 49,000. So that, if you take a million dollars and you just put it in the mattress in $20 bills and every year draw out. $50,000 a year. How long will that money last you? It's very simple. Sounds like 20 years to me. 20 years. So in essence, I could pay myself $50,000 a year, not give my money to an insurance company, and know for a fact 
Now, bear in mind, the insurance company doesn't adjust for inflation, so that's what I'm going to get. I would know for a fact that until I'm 85 years old, I would have a $50,000 annuity. It's absolutely safe. It's safe. Uh, well, and your mattress might not be a good idea because we're even okay, fire, but, but a safe. But let's let's just say I put it in the bank. Yeah. At one, one, oh, let's say I, here, you want an even better scenario? <laughs> I ran this one. Let's say I invested it and I invested it relatively conservatively in a balanced portfolio that was about 70 or 80% stocks, about 20 or 30%, I mean, uh, opposite, about 70 or 80% bonds, about 20 or 30% equities. Yeah, global. very conservative, very conservative. Historically, that kind of a return would be in the 6 or 7% range, but I bo- I kick that down to 5. So let's say I put my million dollars into a portfolio at that I expected would make 5% per year and I withdrew $50,000 a year. How long will it last? Well, if I lasted until 100 years old, and that's a 35-year drawdown, I would still have $350,000 left. And by the way, the Broncos might win in that 35-year period, too. It's possible. Not likely, but possible. Oh, wait. Reverse that. I am so sorry. It was a 4% <laughs> return, and I was taking out 5%. Ah, 4 I'm you're taking, taking out, out 5 Got right. it. Right. I only made 4 and I'm taking out more than I'm making. And you still lasted until- At 100 years old, I still had money left that my heirs could take. Whereas, if I died at 100, basically that $350,000 that the insurance company would still have- Is theirs. Is theirs. Yeah. They're not good deals under any set of circumstances. Yeah, and I hate the word growth when they talk about this. There's, again, under any circumstance, very little growth in these portfolios, or pardon me, these policies. These policies. And even if you said, as you said, Don, moderate, very moderate growth looking back, 5%, very easily attainable in a pretty conservative portfolio, you're in a much better spot. I see no reason to do this. I especially hate young people that get sucked into these things through their employer plans because we see this a lot in the education sector <laughs> uh, and in the healthcare sector. And uh, so I don't think this is a good idea. I'm going to have to say that I really appreciate this article. And again, it's just another pretty clear statement. This is not, this is a great, and it says it. Oh, by the way, we forgot to read the quote at the beginning of the article. I got to find it here. Okay. Uh, Because you're going to love this. I'll leave it all to you. Where is is it? Oh, oh, I think I lost. No. (laughs) You lost the article. I love, no, I didn't lose the article. I lost the, oh no, here we go. It says, this is from the Attorney General of North Carolina. The only oh, person, this one. Yeah, the I only per, The only person who makes money is the person who's selling them. That's what the Attorney General of North Carolina said for annuities. There are ah. warnings about annuities all over the place. Yeah. And and yet, the really, the only people who love annuities, the only people who are just passionate about annuities are insurance salespeople. Remember the previous line. The only people making money from annuities are the ones selling. Selling them. Yeah, Yeah, it it isn't you. Lifetime Uh, income for them. And before you get into one, please call us. It doesn't cost a thing. 
you're not going to get harassed much, just a little. Uh, and our phone <laughs> number is 855, and it's all in good fun, 935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Trust me, it's all in good fun. I harass Tom mercilessly. He harasses me <laughs> mercilessly. Oh, by the way, uh, yeah. to the guy who thinks Tom actually lives in a hangar, you did not watch the video, apparently. <laughs> if this is a hangar, I'm a little nervous. That, it's not really a hangar. You should go to YouTube and watch the videos and see where Tom hangs. As or what hangs where Tom hangs. <laughs> there you go. That's even How's better. it hanging? Uh, 855-935-TALK. You want one question before we go? Yeah, hit me with one because- Hit, you me, know, w- hit me with one. With one. <laughs> it's, it's the holiday I, season. I, I am new to investing. Mm, okay. And I heard about dividends last year. I thought it would be a good way to make something on my money since my bank account is only making 1%. Your bank account's making 1%? I want your bank account. That's 99.99% more than mine. Yeah, good Um, for you. Every website I looked at mentioned AT&T with a 7% dividend. So I bought some. 7%? It has continued to make 7%. Wow. But it has dropped significantly in value ever since. You think? As a newbie, I did not know that the price had been going down for years Hmm. and was only doing well last year when everything did great. I hear people say to think long-term and hold it, but I am worried that this stock is doomed to continue to drop. What would you guys do? Continue to hold it or take your losses and move on? Okay. So AT&T stock, I mean, this is a company that I think, and I hope, hope this expression isn't too bad, hasn't really phoned it in lately. Uh, I mean, I don't, they've made a lot of mistakes and I don't follow individual companies nor stocks closely. I did, but I don't anymore. Number one, no individual stocks, totally risky. Just talked to a gentleman this morning who lost it all in one company once. And that soured him to being an an investor. He's like, nah, it's a hopeful situation. Number two, dividend plays. I mean, this idea again, and I know it's prevalent because interest rates are low and you're not making much in the bonds. People think, well, then I'll, I'll get it from a 7% dividend payout. The reason they're paying 7% is exactly what you just mentioned, because the price has come down. They probably maintained the dividend and the price. So now it looks much greater, right? Oh, now it's nine. Oh, there you go. You can feel better, right? I'm getting a 9% dividend. Oh, but the price keeps dropping. No. And so owning, even owning dividend paying uh, ETFs or mutual funds, not a good idea. You're limiting your diversification. You're probably owning riskier stocks because the price has come down. Or for some other reason, the company's decided to issue larger dividends, perhaps to get more interest in their stocks. No, this is not a practice I would I would undertake. So and sell the, reality the stock. Is sell we, it. We, we don't. We don't. You don't. We don't. Nobody don't know what this stock's going to do. Nope. nope. Nobody knows. Nobody can have a clue. Nobody. It's, it's all guessing. And you're asking for us, because you perceive us as experts, to guess the future. Now, a lot of lying experts out there will do that, but they don't know a darn thing. Can it continue to go down? Yes. Can it go back up? Yes. Do we know? No. no. Do we want you to diversify? Yes. Is that dividend safe? No. No. It's not. No dividend in a stock is safe. Sell the stock and buy V is in victory, T is in Tom, get over it. And you won't get much of a dividend, but you might get some growth. About one and a half percent or something. 855-935-TALK. That's a phone number to call 24 hours a day, seven days a week to ask us your questions and listen to our podcast pretty much every day. Now with the the, uh, lost episodes from the Hidden Vault, we, we now have a podcast every day. 
So there's stuff for you to listen to. And by the way, if you listen to the old podcasts, there are old mentions of things in there, like events that we did years ago (laughs) or deals that we were offering years ago. Don't listen to them and think we're still doing them. Somebody wrote me and said, well, I heard you were doing this and this. And I'm going, there's a disclaimer that says, no, we're not doing those things. What was it, by the way? I don't What were we doing? I don't remember. Is that by where I used to wash people's cars? It was a long time ago. It was 2017. I don't remember that far back. Ancient history. Ancient history. Uh, So give us a call, 855-935-TALK. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. Uh, Also, we do video casts about once a week. You can watch those at YouTube. And we do retire meet in February. So sign up for that. See us all virtually. If you listen to this years later, we already did retire meet. <laughs> it's at retiremeetmeet.com. Take advantage. And hopefully we're still doing them by the time you listen to this Ooh. three or four year old episode. All right. We're we're gone. We're out of here. We're, we're calling it a podcast, aren't we? Let's call it a podcast. I'm Don. That's Tom hanging out, talking real money. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?